Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with a couple of local farmers and find out how harvest is coming along. Also, we'll chat with an NDP candidate and talk about the party's agriculture platform heading into the September 20th federal election. Up first in today's country comment, Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada will stop by to give us an update on the canola harvest. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada to give us an update on the canola harvest. Manitoba eggs uh, report was showing around 30% uh, of canola has been harvested in the province. Um, with the nice conditions we have been having, we expect that number to keep on climbing. Um, so we're starting to see um, the stuff that's been left to straight cut come off. So there's a lot of acres that, you know, we here in Manitoba that we obviously leave to straight cut. Um, so th- those acres are, are now mature and, and they're coming off the field. Uh, you know, variability, we've got a little bit of wind in the forecast, we've had rain, so there's obviously a lot of different challenges that growers are are dealing with during this harvest season. Talk a little bit more about yields and uh, how things are looking there. Yeah, you know what, um, obviously extremely variable. Um, We knew this year based on the heat um, and the lack of precipitation that we weren't going to be expecting super high yields. Um, so there's still this really big range, you know, there's stuff down in the teens and there's stuff over 40 bushels an acre still. So like I said, there's a, there's a big range out there. Um, as we can kind of continue on into harvest, uh, we'll expect some of those yields likely to increase, um, just as we move into the Northern climates and areas that weren't uh, as uh, severely hit with, um, with the drought and the heat. And, uh, quality, how's that been? You know, a bit of a mixed bag as well. Um, we're dealing with lots of small seeds. Um, the, the rain that we dealt or saw, I guess, a few weeks ago now that brought several inches across Manitoba, um, that's creating some, some variability and it's creating some sprouting. So we're seeing a little bit of that going on. Um, you know, elevators do allow damaged seed within those samples. So, um, right, it's always great to get those samples checked out uh, beforehand so you know what you're working with. Um, but, you know, obviously at this point in the season, there's not much that can be done for that. It's, it's just something to be aware of. And, um, you know, we are dealing um, with a really tough year. So we really want to try to capture everything that's out in the field and try to get that in the bin um, at harvest here. And uh, something I know I've noticed, um, a lot of canola regrowth happening. Um, I guess talk about talk about that and, and the impact that can have on harvest. Yeah, you know what, um, the, the regrowth after the rains definitely caused some challenges. Um, you know, it, it's something that if, if you're leaving a crop to straight cut, you now have a, a green bottom there and, and green stems and new uh, leaf material. Um, and, and it becomes a little bit challenging, too, when you also have things down in a swath. So, um, you know, if, if you're going in and trying to manage some of that regrowth, um, be very cautious and aware of your pre-harvest intervals. Um, and that if you have desiccated a crop already with a certain product, uh, likely you're not able to go in with that same product again. Right, so if you went in earlier with a heat and a glyphosate, um, you you can't uh, go back in with something like that. You would have to change it up and, and use some sort of dichloride or a red glow ion. Um, so, like I said, just you know, keeping your your uh, crop protect, protection book with you and, and being aware of of the jug recommendations, um, so that we are uh, still having a you know a crop that we can market in the end. As far as timing, you know, harvest got underway early, but then was delayed a bit. How are we sitting here in terms of uh, compared to other years? 
know, and I believe we're still slightly um, ahead of average. Um, it kind of feels like we've been harvesting for uh, over a month now, which I know some growers have been. Uh, but yeah, we, we are still a little, uh, you know, ahead of normal. Um, and it's, I'm just looking at my watch here to see what the date is still, you know, we're still very early into September only being in the first week. So, uh, lots of time. And, and like that, the forecast is looking promising, uh, and, and even temperature wise as well, we're looking good. We're not running into any frost events yet. So, um, hopefully within the next few weeks, um, growers will be kind of wrapped up and we can move on from this year and then start preparing and, and getting the, uh, the fields ready for, for 2022. All right. Anything else to add here, uh, Justine or? No, I just, you know what, it's a great time to be out in the field and, and scouting and having a look at things. Um, you know, there's there's obviously lots to tell uh, when we're going in to look for, for chemistry for managing different weeds and potentially even looking at our herbicide-resistant weeds out in the field. Um, but that also uh, pairs well with looking at what you've got for diseases. So, um, like I said, there's lots to, to, to take into account here and, and being out there taking fall plant counts and just kind of helping prepare for next season and, and, you know, what we might have to be working with then. That was Justine Cornelson with the Canola Council of Canada. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon. I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture will be hosting a national agriculture leaders debate online tonight starting at 6 p.m. Participants include Alistair McGregor from the NDP, Dave Epp from the Conservative Party of Canada, Yves Perrin from the Bloc Québécois, and Marie-Claude Bibo from the Liberal Party of Canada. The federal election is set for September 20th. You can go to the CFA website for more details. The Manitoba Crop Alliance is giving an update on the province's corn crop. Here's agronomist Morgan Cott. It's looking decent. It's getting a lot closer to maturity now. So um, I'm estimating that stages range from about, you know, just forming a milk line. Um, I've seen some fields that are actually at black layer physiological maturity. So that's exciting to see. Fields are uneven though, of course, so they'll need a little extra time to mature fully and dry down to a consistent moisture level. Cot is expecting yields to be below average. And the Green Party has laid out its agriculture platform for the upcoming federal election. Dr. Maria Rodriguez is the Green Party's agriculture critic. What we call the green shift. In Canada, we have seen that the orientation of the federal government policies, past and present, with some exceptions, it has contributed to the trends that we have been observing in the sector, you know, decreased farm number, increased farm size, and this shift to more industrial system that often they are in many cases controlled by large, large transnational agribusiness. And, and these systems have benefited for many years from this taxpayer-funded policy. Everything from investment in research, from infrastructure, market development, etc. And what we want to do is to quantitatively shift this incentive. If elected, the Green Party says it would restructure the next egg policy framework to shift program dollars from supporting corporate-controlled industrial agriculture to supporting agriculture that's based on ecological and animal welfare principles. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, September 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll chat with the NDP about the upcoming federal election. The New Democratic Party has laid out its agriculture platform heading into the September 20th federal election. I caught up with Selkirk Interlake Eastman candidate Margaret Smith. 
let's start with the um, Canadian food strategy and um, what's the goal there? Well, um, certainly making sure that the uh, um, that we have sustainable kinds of uh, um, measures for farmers to get their uh, produce to market, that people here have affordable food. I guess the next thing on the list here, um, supply management. We certainly are, are striving to protect uh, supply management and, and to ensure reciprocity in all trade negotiations, supporting our supply managed sectors so that they innovate and grow. The um, Something that has been an issue here for, for farmers over the years Um just the uh, communications infrastructure, um, cell phone, internet. What's the NDP's um, plan for that? Well, I also work in ag, so I, I know that uh, as a honey producer, uh, uh, high-speed broadband and cell phone infrastructure is, is uh, key to, to uh, having our, uh, for all farmers in terms of, uh, um, and, and, and the NDP is going to make sure that uh, that uh, high-speed broadband and cell phone is, is availability is, is uh, key uh, to our platform. Something I found interesting here was um, a payment protection program for um, produce farmers. I guess talk a little bit about that. Um, well, that's one thing that we would uh, introduce. Uh, would be this payment program um, uh, to take uh, immediate steps to restore protection for farmers, uh, so that they're when they're selling into the United States, they um, this would be uh, to protect them uh, under the Perishable Agricultural Commodities Act. What's the NDP's, um, I guess, stance or, or a plan for um, climate change and, and just reducing? Um greenhouse gas emissions certainly we would uh, we would be um, supporting sustainable agriculture uh, which which helps people to to cope with things like drought and uh, grasshoppers we're making sure that uh, um, we're working with the agricultural sector so that uh, we help them to access Low carbon tools and technology, and and uh, uh, to adapt better, you know, to through sustainable kinds of practices uh, in farming, um, so that they can adapt to these uh, climate induced weather changes and other aspects of of climate change crisis. What would the NDP do to try to get more, um, I guess, more women involved in, in agriculture um, and other uh, non-traditional fields? Well, I think that the NDP supports uh, women getting involved in all kinds of different uh, um, challenges and, and uh, work opportunities. Um, one, of the th- one of the key important things uh, is being able to provide childcare resources in all rural areas so that women can be involved in farming in, uh, and so on. Now, you know, when you've got the challenges of having to provide for daycare, um, uh, childcare, you don't 
you don't have those opportunities provided to women because they tend to be the ones who are the caretakers of children. We've heard a lot about um, business risk management programs, um, agri-recovery here in the province. Does the NDP have a plan for that? Well, certainly we would make sure that uh, the farmers who absolutely need the the uh, you know who are in dire straits in terms of having to provide feed and and uh, um, you know <laughs> heavens we went past yesterday uh, we went past dugouts that were that were down to a puddle and uh, provide being able to drill wells and and provide water for for their cattle and so on some of the some of these farmers are having to uh, having to sell down their herds. And, and that's not just selling down the excess, that's selling some of their, their uh, uh, key, um, you know, the, the, the cows that are going to produce the calves in the, in the future. And, and it takes a long time to, to be able to recover from that. So making sure that the people who need it get the money that they absolutely need will be key. That'll be something we will be fighting for, for everyday people on in everyday communities all the way across this riding. That was Margaret Smith, an NDP candidate in the riding of Selkirk, Interlake, Eastman in Manitoba. She was talking about the party's agriculture platform. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture is hosting an egg leaders debate tonight starting at 6 p.m. online. Go to the CFA website for details. 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season kicks off this month with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you're age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, Contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 or visit online at 4h.mb.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Dustin Williams, who farms in the Suris area earlier in the week, to get an update on harvest progress. We just uh, crossed the halfway point on our farm. We have all the cereals done and now we're uh, about to enter into the oil seeds and beans and the returns to date how, how has it been out your way uh, it's been okay it's been on the heavier land the yields have been fairly okay on our lighter sandier land you can certainly see the effects of that hot dry summer the uh, yields are diminished somewhat and uh, moving into the oil seeds, uh, what are you expecting there? I think a lot more of the same. On the heavier land, I think we'll have an okay crop. And on the lighter land, just not sure yet what we'll see. But um, crop looks okay. Other producers I've spoke with, Dustin, uh, have been pleasantly surprised in a few cases that it was a little better than they thought it was going to be. Is that the case for you, or are you just average at best? I would say I'm I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised with some of the better stuff, um, just where we had assumed it would have burned up a lot more in that heat, it uh, seemed to hold on. So I- I'm feeling that way too. It's um, kind of better than I thought, but but still an average crop. It's no bin buster, but it's, it's okay. 
And moving forward, uh, weather permitting, uh, you know, how much time you got left in the field? You got uh, a week or two to go yet, or how much? Uh, yeah, it's uh, most of the crops have, have started to turn now. We were uh, we we held off seeding our canola earlier this in the spring, and and so uh, our canola is just getting into the stage of of harvest desiccation now, and um, so we'll be we've still got we've still got a fair ways to go. We'll be a couple weeks yet, anyway. Overall, I think it's been okay, and happy that uh, happy that we at least get what we get, and hopefully we have some fair weather to finish this harvest with. That was Cirrus area farmer Dustin Williams chatting with Golden West reporter Barry Lamb. I had a chance this morning to catch up with Rachel Newman, who farms in the Emerson area. We are caught up. We just finished canola the other day, so now we're just waiting on the soybeans to be ready. And the the stuff that's come off already, how how did it look for you guys? It looked pretty good. We were quite surprised on the yields that came off with the little rain this year. We did not expect in our wildest dreams to get the yields that we did. What were the other crops that you had there? We had oats, wheat, canola, and soybeans. And um, how about uh, quality of the of the crops? Quality was good. We had some wheat that was standing that got rained on, but it didn't. The color difference wasn't that bad. It still looked pretty good considering that it was rained on for about a week. How surprising was it that the crops, you know, turned out better than expected? It was a big surprise. I mean, the oats walking through them, it didn't look too good, but they still did better than what we were expecting. The wheat looked okay. We were a little concerned early on because it was starting to head out in early June, but it still did well. And the canola, considering um, when it was flowering and starting to pod, that was pleasantly surprising back then so we were just hoping that it would make it to full maturity and uh is it soybeans you said you had left yes yeah. we've got about 500 acres of soybeans left when do you expect those will be ready thinking two to three weeks there's still lots of leaves on them there's some green patches so it won't be anytime soon did you guys get, like, I know here in Altona, we had had some rain here over the past uh, few weeks. Did you guys get any of that down there? Or? Yes, we did, but I think out west got more than we did, but it's been very sporadic this year. Right, very spotty. Um, the soybeans, how are they looking? They look good. They have filled to the top pods on the plant. So we're hoping that that will equate to a good yield later on. That was Emerson area farmer Rachel Newman giving us an update on harvest. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. If elected on September 20th, the Green Party of Canada says it would restructure the next ag policy framework to shift program dollars from supporting corporate controlled industrial agriculture 
to supporting agriculture that's based on ecological and animal welfare principles. This would include organic and regenerative practices, permaculture, localized food systems, higher welfare farming systems, and short value chains. Dr. Maria Rodriguez is the Green Party's agriculture critic. We want to shift program dollars. We know that the current governments have realized, for example, that we need to farm in ways that are kind of sequester more carbon in the in the soil, prevent the decline of organic matter in the soil, and they're going to give in some incentive to the system through the national food policy. There are some incentives given to local development of local or regional shorter um, supply chains, etc. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture will be hosting an Ag Leaders debate tonight on their website starting at 6 p.m. And the Manitoba Crop Alliance is giving an update on the province's sunflower crop. Here's agronomist Morgan Cott. Generally estimating them to be at R7 or R8. So R7 is when the backs of the heads are still green. R8 is when they are starting to yellow, but the bracts aren't turning brown yet. So that means they're not ready for desiccation. So that's good timing for us. They still, of course, need more time. But, of course, um, filling is occurring quickly now with nice weather and sunshine. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details on the USDA's September WASDE report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.